everybody, and welcome to another episode with Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and tonight Zoe Zuby is taking over the podcast. Ha 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 ha! Don't tell Daddy Zuby. Before we begin, let's do some ads for Magic with Zuby. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. Broken computer, do you wish you could take your PC back in time? Well, Horizon Data says it developed the premier product called Rollback RX. Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic with Zuby, they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. So on tonight's episode, we'll be talking about how I love playing control. Because one day, I will control the world! (laughs) What's going on? Who's taking over this broadcast? Uh Uh-oh! Looks like Daddy Zuby's on to my plan for world domination! Until next time, folks, Zoe Zuby signing off! Oh, okay, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. That that was really weird. Um, it was like someone was hacking into the broadcast. But I th- but I think we've got control of it again. So, anyways, um, what what do you mean the ads have already played? Okay, well, great. So I guess you don't have to hear me bumbling through them then. Before we start off tonight's episode, uh, let me just tell you where the Magic Wazubi podcast can be found. It can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGcast.com, YouTube.com slash Zubatron, Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N. Um, you can email me with any questions at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Uh, Magic Wazubi is also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Magic Wazubi, as well as Twitter at Magic Wazubi. Uh, we're also on YouTube, as I said. Don't forget to like and subscribe us to us on YouTube, uh, iTunes. You know, rate and review, smash that like button, all that good stuff. All right, so tonight we have an interview with my good buddy Corey Maples, who was one of the driving forces who helped me start this podcast, and he's also the one who created the theme songs for magic with Zuby, uh the one that was played a lot for the first 20 episodes and then the heavier guitar riff one that's played now at the beginning of each episode so without further ado uh i introduce you guys to Corey maples Omni. 
a figure eight. What does that even mean? A uh, figure eight just kind of what it sounds like. Um, it records sound out of the front and the back, but it cancels it on the side. So if you imagine a oh. circle coming out of the front and a circle coming out of the back, but you know it wouldn't be capturing anything directly on the sides. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, that sounds really fancy, though. Fancy, uh-huh. fancy. All right, man. So I've already started recording. So cool. Yeah, I saw it. All right. Um, all right. So I have with me here possibly the greatest theme songwriter of all time. Of all time. <laughs> no, um, no. He's actually the one who created our theme songs for Magic with Zuby, both of them. The first one that you heard probably in the first 20 episodes, then the hard rock version that I play in every single episode now. And he's actually the guy who helped start this podcast to begin with. So, And his name is Corey Maples. And Corey, if you just want to give a little introduction to yourself of who you are and what you do. Uh, hello, I am Corey Maples. Um, what do I do? Well, I work with Zuby. That's actually how we met. Yep. Um, my day job is networking, uh, IT fun stuff, but my passion is music. Um, really anything related to music. I've been playing guitar for about 20 years, everything from bars and dives up to, um, It'd be cool if I could say up to arenas, but it's just up to small clubs and, and stuff like that. And in the last five to six years, I've moved kind of into the production side, um, doing recording, mixing, mastering, um, stuff like that. I've even been lucky enough to uh, venture a little bit into film scoring and uh, theme song writing, which is the future of music. Um <laughs> And it's 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 been a lot of fun. So it's it's really anything to do with music, I really enjoy. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Go music, yay networking. Not really on that last part. Yeah, don't don't dis networking. It's, it's all right. Um, it pays the bills. Yeah, it does. Um, as long as we're doing actual networking and not any of this SharePoint shit. <laughs> Oh my god. SharePoint. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. It's um dude, just like that freaking problem we had today with the workflows just all of a sudden just not working again. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I, I wanna flip tables, honestly. Yeah. Because it's but I mean it, it is better than what we had before with the forms, but yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that. We yeah. probably already lost like half the audience. Two two of the listeners. One of them already left. Right. There's only one li- left. Left. The now. one. The one SharePoint admin. That's like you guys are <laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but um. So that's cool. It's. I mean, I know you and I have talked a lot about you know your audio mixing and mastering and your career in music and all that. Oh, by the way, you forgot to mention that you're a top twenty. That's not, yeah, I'm, I'm a top 20. That's me. Don't ask what it's in reference to, but I'm a top 20. He's in top 20 something. Something. May not, may not have heard of it. But, but. <laughs> yes, it's not Billboard or anything. Not yet. Not yet. That's, that's what we're shooting for. 
No, but I really wanted to bring you on the podcast because, like I said before in the beginning, that you were the one that actually helped me start the whole whole thing. You were the one. I think it was what last year. Yeah, it's already been almost a year ago. I think yeah. around this time last year that you know you you were actually talking about you know wanting to do a podcast or a blog or you know articles or even write a book, and then you mentioned like. Well, Zuby, why don't you do something Magic the Gathering, you know, a blog, podcast, articles, mm-hmm. book, whatever. And that just, I never really thought of it before, and it just sort of, I ran with it from there. Yeah, I think in the last uh, year or two, give or take, I've really been um, into the whole entrepreneurial um, side of things, or um, self-motivation, and... Um, if you want to call it like the spiritual side of business and self-worth. And I can remember at that time I was reading about like passive incomes and creating an audience and and stuff like that. And one of the big things a lot of people push is creating a podcast. And um, I can remember, you know, when you and I would go to lunch, we'd be uh, sitting there talking about, you know what we're good at so you'd be talking about magic and all this all those cool stuff which is something i've never been able to wrap my mind around uh in a lot of ways but i find it fascinating um i was thinking about this earlier a little side tangent for you uh i feel like magic is like the evolution in a way of chess in a, in a really over the top deep fantasy kind of way um, you know, the fact that you, it's kind of like you have one team versus the other team. Um, I guess you can't really say good versus evil because magic's just all over the place. But it's just that one, one-on-one kind of scenario, and they've just taken the pawns and the rooks, and then you have your powerful characters, the queens or whatever. And it's just it's, it's really neat to see the evolution and just how far it's come. And, I mean, what, there's over... 25,000 cards now or something like that and it's 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 insane um where was i going with that and we were talking about these things that we just love there's a passion for it you can tell when someone has a passion for something because they start talking and they just it just pours out of them and they don't even have to try it's just effortless and I think just the night before I'd, I'd been listening to some guy talk about um doing a podcast just start you know just start talking about what you know and and you were you were talking about magic and yeah i think it just came to me like why aren't you doing a podcast about this you talk about it so freely and and you clearly enjoy it and um yeah so you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here if it wasn't for Corey, magic azubi would not exist all your wouldn't actually right it it actually really wouldn't I wouldn't have done anything with it because um I can't remember when I started writing my articles I can't remember if it was before or after you mentioned something but I know I never had an idea for a podcast at all until you mentioned and mentioned it mm-hmm. and um I mean like I feel I feel it's gotten some good growth in the past year and you know I'm still trying out new things every time I do an episode yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I, I just feel like I'm trying to do my best each and every time. And, you know, it's, it's something I, I'm in, I can't believe I've lasted this long, honestly, because I thought I would last like maybe a couple months and get bored. 
Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought the same thing. and uh, <laughs> But I have to say um, I'm completely amazed and proud at the same time of what you've done with this podcast. I mean, I know you've interviewed, uh, I mean, judges and, and, and pro players and um you know you're you're supporting your local community and and you're running competitions i mean it's very it, it's amazing to sit back and watch what you've turned this into and it's it's you know good job i mean it's amazing no thank you and just think they hear your music every single time that's right yes. that is i mean let's be honest that is the best 30 seconds of this podcast actually it's about 20 seconds no, I'll, I'll let you have ten extra seconds. No, no, no. The podcast really is uh, theme song or not. The the podcast is really awesome. No, and thank you for that. And I know that you have been trying to you know set up your own little business. And um, one of the things that when I started doing this podcasting, and you've held me out tremendously and bigly with it was the <laughs> the audio editing part. I never knew how much there really is to editing audio at all. I mean like I know I I know extremely little, but what you've shown me is even when you talk about like I'll try to understand and I'll ask you questions, but I still have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Right. When, when but I mean I can tell you know what you're talking about, but like I said, just for editing a podcast is, I mean, I, I think if I haven't asked you like all those millions of questions when I was first doing it, it probably wouldn't sound as good as it does now, at least from the beginning. Because if I go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes, I'm like, damn, I'm so quiet. I can't mm-hmm. hear myself. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, glad I could be a part, you know, a part of this and, and be able to help. Um it's definitely something I've noticed throughout the years that I enjoy doing. Um, if I if I know something, which is not a lot, um, I'm very willing to help in any way that I can. Because um, I mean, the, the you know, the, the more you help people, the more uh, the more better. The better they do, and uh, the better product they can put out, and the fans, I'm sure, appreciate it more. And it, and as you've discovered, it doesn't take a lot to to really um, clean clean up the audio, make it sound uh, a little better. Um, unfortunately, as we all know, there are podcasts out there when you listen to them, and they might be extremely popular podcasts. Um, you really wonder why they're recording in their mom's bathroom basement or whatever it is that they're doing and it's it just sounds horrible and i mean the content might be amazing but you know doing a little research or finding that uh audio based friend can definitely uh go a long way and it helps keep you on your toes because if you know they're listening you uh you want to do the best you can oh yeah definitely and speaking of bad audio and a podcast um I, you turned me on to one of those podcasts, The Art of Manliness. Mm-hmm. Um, have you listened to their latest episode, the self-defense one? Um, uh, part of it. Did I don't, I don't know if it was just my phone, but did you notice the editing was terrible in that? Yes, yes. There was a lot of... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was the editing. I guess it, I, I, when I first heard it, I honestly thought the connection from my phone you know, to my Bluetooth, uh, my car 
audio was messed up. And I'm like, why does yeah. this keep like glitching? But if you heard it exactly the same, then yeah, something else must have been going on. Yeah, it was driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. It's um, there another podcast, the Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast, has been guilty of that too. Yeah, where the, you can just hear those random cuts. It's like, what the hell is someone doing? Mm-hmm. Um, drives me insane. But yeah, e- even like you said before, even the real the top podcasts out there. Um, I mean, not just in magic, but just outside, just in any genre, you'll hear really bad audio sometimes. And yeah. now that you've sort of made me an audio snob in a sense, <laughs> it drives me insane now because it's one of the first things I listen for. Yeah, it's kind of like magic. Once you know what's there, um, you can never unknow it. So it's, it's you know, it, it can be a, a blessing and a, and a curse, I guess. Um, like you're finding out. Once you know what to listen for, you can't unhear it. It's just there, and um, it'll drive you insane. Yeah, definitely. So, speaking of magic, let's get into... I know you're not that big of a magic player. I mean, the last time you and I played was, what, right before Christmas, I think? No, mm-hmm. no, right after... Or was it right after Christmas? Or uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was right before, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, could, no, because you were gone for two weeks. That's right, so it couldn't have been right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I, we played some vintage. But um, what was your first experience with Magic the Gathering? My f- very first experience was probably, uh, I, I couldn't even put a timeline on it, but I know I was probably working at UltraZone, uh, which was a laser tag arcade place. Big shout out to UltraZone, um, <laughs> which is no longer there, which if there is any chance in hell that one of your listeners has heard of UltraZone, they know how awesome that place was. Um uh, just imagine going to work every day, and you're basically working with a bunch of your brothers, and you play board games and video games all day. We would play card games. I mean, um, Settlers of Catan, Munchkin, um, of course, uh, Magic, and... I'm trying to remember some of the other games, but it was always something. You know what I mean? We were always getting into something. And at the time, a couple of us were all in a band together, and we had all our equipment set up in the back. So, I mean, the, the arcade would be open, and we'd be in the back practicing. Um, it, it was, was it just a, not a popular place or something? No, it actually was, but it could run with almost just one person. So we would have three and four people scheduled. So, you know, I was uh, the guys that were in the band was the general manager. Uh, I was a shift manager. And, you know, you could go in the back, you could practice, you could do whatever, and basically come out and make sure the place wasn't on fire, and if it wasn't, then you're good to go. Um, So that would have been my first experience with Magic, and I'm sure I probably went out and bought just a couple decks. I want to say I got into it when it was uh, Kamigawa. Oh, yeah, Kamigawa, the ninja samurai. Uh, And the dragons. Um, I'm still trying to get those cards back. Uh, get get them sent to me. Uh, they're they're around somewhere, and I'm, as far as I know, they're in mint condition. Um, yeah, I know you told me you have one card, the Sensei Sensei's Divining Top. Probably. Is, yeah, <laughs> I'm well, horrible with names, but I know the pictures. Yeah, no, I showed you a picture of it, and oh. 
and you and you said you definitely had some copies. That card's like worth twenty bucks each, I think now. Nice on sale right now for nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> um, so that would have been my first experience, and we all bought the. Are, are they called starter decks, or are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had starter decks and intro decks and all that. Gotcha. And I think some of the other guys went further and got into the booster packs and all that. I just, I more enjoyed just playing with my friends i never got into the competitive side of it um plus i mean a wizard seems to to do pretty well with from a beginner's standpoint they seem to do pretty well with their starter packs to where unless you're going up against just some some guy like you that just knows this stuff inside now i mean you can still have fun you know just playing um like i said when you and i played vintage um that time when you were playing that one deck with the monastery mentor and we were having those counter wars that was like the a lot of fun yeah even even though even though i have a lot of experience with playing magic i don't have any experience playing vintage mm-hmm. and just playing those 60 card decks were just a shit ton of fun yeah no absolutely and and i think i mean we we both know i know enough to know that magic is can be crazy complicated sometimes with the way the rules and stacking and and all those uh all those things but it seemed like with vintage depending on the decks i'm sure um seemed to be more simple you could read the card and understand how it could stack with another card and you know you could kind of put these little combos together and yeah it was was a ton of fun I, i really enjoyed playing uh uh, vintage and just some of the crazy, crazy stuff you could do, and um, yeah, the counter wars, and it, it, it was very entertaining. That was funny. I did feel kind of bad when I switched to that um, shop deck where I just locked mm-hmm. you out of the game. I yeah, was that just, was interesting. That was brutal. Yeah, I even felt a little bad. I'm like, this is not even any fun. I mean, I'm just basically not letting you play the game while I kill you. Right. Just. But no, I mean, it was good. Uh, and yeah. still, I, I know you're not that deep into magic, but a lot of the talk around the community is, um, I think you and I have talked about this, wanting to make magic more of an esport, And, mm-hmm. you know, esport on the level of, I mean, it's never going to be as big as League of Legends right. or, or Hearthstone, which is another card game, mm-hmm. or, or Overwatch or anything like that. But, you know, Wizards has really been trying to push the esports of Magic the Gathering. Since you're not that deep into competitive, you understand the game, you, you know the basic rules of the game. Um, could you actually sit down and watch a game of Magic just on TV? And would you be able to be entertained by it? Why or why not? Uh, I think it would be... It, it would be difficult because... Like, I've watched some of the, um, is it Star City games? Yeah. On uh, YouTube. And I think if I understood the cards a little better, it, uh, it would have been more entertaining. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's going to be hard to move that into some kind of arena like that where people are watching two guys on TV play cards. Um, I mean, it's 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 going to be super hard to compete with. I mean, technically, I know League of Legends is bigger, but 
I mean, I couldn't imagine sitting there watching the whole tournament of League of Legends either. I mean, I think it's a very niche. Uh, probably said that wrong, Josh. If you're listening, um, that's. I just think it's such a specific thing to watch. So I'm not sure what they could do. I think it would have to be a lot of almost like razzle dazzle good marketing you know explosions going off in the background and super super good commentators i think that that could kind of make or break it um because i i really feel like if you had two guys that were technical enough for the the nerds but cool enough for the common person you know what I mean? I almost feel like they could kind of bridge that gap and keep it interesting. When you mention, um, you know, filling up an arena, uh, the League of Legends holds what they call an LCS, a league championship series mm-hmm. every year. And just this past year, they were actually able to fill up the entire Staples Arena over in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. And, um, and while... You played League of Legends before, right? I think you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. So, so you can, you can. When was the last time you played? How long ago? Um, probably two or three years. So yeah, that's about the same as me. About two or three years. I can still sit down and watch a game of League of Legends and still understand what's going on. Yeah, for absolutely. The most part. I mean, it's you have one team of five versus the other team of five, and they have to. One person has to destroy the other person's base, and mm-hmm. boom, that's it. Yeah, um, but I mean, you mentioned it's a little hard to watch two people play a card game, you know, in an arena. They have Hearthstone, which is that is a really popular card game. But the benefit of that is it's a digital card game, so they have right. more visual effects. I mean, yeah. and plus there's also poker that you know is watched, but poker is a lot easier, easy, easily understood than right. Magic. I mean, well, yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs to poker, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same way with Hearthstone, though, because I feel like that is not anywhere near as deep as Magic. Um, yeah, because the I played it for like a couple days, just I wanted something to do, honestly, and I'm like, ooh, a free game. And I feel like within the first five or ten minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I get this, I know what's going on. And it didn't evolve anymore. And it, almost in a, it almost seems like you need that. It needs to be simple. I mean, if we think of all the sports that are huge in the world, soccer, two teams, one ball, put it in the other guy's net. That's basically it. Yep. You know, football, two teams, one ball, just don't kick it, run it into the end zone. I mean, that's basketball, ball, two teams, two hoops. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same concept everywhere. And so it doesn't get super, super deep. You know what I mean? I mean, there are games that have been around way longer. Chess. But you don't see people, like, filling up arenas for chess games. Um, At least not in America. Right. And I'm sure there were times, just like poker. Poker did get huge for a while, and I, and I realize that it is still big. But it's not, you know, there there seemed to be a time for, like, a year or two where any time you'd go into a bar or a restaurant, there were tournaments on TV. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure Magic could pull that kind of crowd, um, mainly because of the complexity of the game. Yeah, and that's been, um, 
And while while I would love for Magic to get more popular, you know, because that just means more money for the company, and that just means they'll be able to invest more in in the product itself, especially mm-hmm. the online, the digital aspect, because that's extremely lacking. And um, it's, but I just feel like a lot of people are not really. I, I hate to say deluding themselves, but it's sort of it sort of feels that way where they think, oh, magic can become this huge esport. Mm-hmm. It's almost. I mean, you're you're not really familiar with this, but there's you know the game StarCraft. Mm-hmm. All right, when StarCraft Two first came out, um, League of Legends was around, but it was nowhere near as popular as it is now. When StarCraft Two came out, it was the top of the esports, you know, games. It like everybody watched StarCraft when it came to esports, and you know it was the king of esports. No one could knock it down. And then when League of Legends finally knocked StarCraft down, StarCraft the community went through this long period of time where they're like, well, you know, I don't know what we're gonna do. You know, we need to try to reclaim this title again. And it took a long time for the community to just accept that you know what we're not going to be number one anymore we just need to accept where we are and be comfortable with it right. and i sort of feel like magic the community right now is sort of at that it was never came to begin with in terms of esports it was it was the number one card game for a while there until hearthstone came so i feel like right now it's still sort of in that transition phase of it needs to accept where it is and that that's the the, what it has right now, and that's it, and they need to be fine with it. Right. No, I, c- I could see that. Um, and and that all being said, you know, there there does have to be, uh, of course, mad respect given to Magic because I can remember gr- growing up. I, I can't. You probably know this. Whenever Magic came out, um, since then, I know that there have been other card games. I mean, recently, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, but then, like, Star Wars, that card game got big for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I know there's some other... There's always, like, these other little card games that always come, and they go, and then they get a little popular, and then they go away. And Magic has always been there. Um, so, I mean, mad respect to Wizards. I mean, they, they clearly... I feel like they're never going to go anywhere, but... I, I can see uh, what you're talking about. You know, they're trying to go into something that I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe that's just not the direction that that card game needs to go in. I don't know. I mean, next week maybe they'll prove us wrong and they'll sell out some arena for some uh, <laughs> some huge huge card tournament. Um, I don't know but, how. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you how, or at least in my opinion, what I think would help is if. Um, just because I know you and I have talked about the prize money that these guys get, and until your athletes, quote unquote, can make a living off of what they're doing, a lot of people are not going to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if the League of Legends guys technically make a living off that. I have oh, no they idea. do. They oh, do. okay. Um, so there you go. What What League of Legends does is the the company Riot. Uh, if you're a part of a team that it goes into their league championship series, you get paid a salary. I don't know what that salary is, but apparently it's a at least a livable salary okay. for that. Yeah. And then plus the prize money for winning the whole series is like, I think, what was it last year? Four or five million dollars. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a lot of money. You split yes. that in five ways, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to make a hefty paycheck right there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what does what's Magic's top earning uh, tournament? Um, I want to say maybe 50,000 or hold on. Pro tour. Let me look at it. Yeah, I think it's about $50,000 for the top tournament they have. And is that for first place, or is that split amongst, like, the top 20? Oh, actually, 40000 Uh That's for first place. Second place is twenty. dollars uh, Third and fourth is twelve fifty. Then five through eight is ten. Gotcha. So it, one person gets luck, lucky enough. Not necessarily luck. I realize there's a lot of skill in it. But one person wins that. They're okay for the year but everybody else needs to go back to their day job um I, and i do i think that's the big difference you know people are not going to take a, a sport seriously unless there's money in it unfortunately i mean i i know we all live in wish we could live in the world of unicorns and uh rainbow farts but you know money unfortunately uh, controls a lot of these things yeah unfortunately yeah, I was talking about that with a buddy, actually, that how do we get more money into Magic? Because the way these the way these teams like League of Legends or, or other games, they get money put into the tournaments is mm-hmm. they either the company fronts up a lot of the costs or they have sponsors like, you know, Coca-Cola, Monster, Doritos, Mountain Dew, whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. And, you know, Magic just has no sponsors like that, so there's really no money to be able to pump into it. Right, absolutely. And, I mean, it it can't be for lack of popularity. I mean, Magic, I I don't know anybody that hasn't at least heard of it. They might not understand it. They might not know anything about it, but they have, I think everybody has heard of Magic, just like everybody's heard of Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Has, um, you, has your wife heard of Magic before you met with her? That is an excellent question. I, I mean, we've never talked about it. <laughs> if she walks by, I'll yell at her. All right. No, I mean, I'm just interested because, mm-hmm. I mean, Magic is sold everywhere. I don't know... I mean, I know it has a big presence in over in England and, like, France and Germany and Spain. I'm just not sure if it ever had a big presence um, in the Czech Republic or Slovakia or anything like that. Yeah, I'm really not sure. I'm trying to find out right now. But, um, no, I'd just be interested if she ever did hear of it. Because, I mean, something like Dungeons & Dragons, that, that's got to be worldwide. Cause yeah. Or at least you'd think it would be, because it's sort of like the classic, you know, tabletop game. I mean, everybody's played that. Or, I mean, not not everybody's played it, but everybody's at least heard of it. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, man. Well, one of the other things with, as we were talking about before, is how, you know, how are you going to fill up an arena watching two people play cards? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also... I think for them to even get bigger, they need to, one, have a better digital client. Um, I've said that, I don't know how many times on this podcast, but also, just like you, you're a casual player, you're completely casual, um, and you you sort of knocked it right on the head where if you understood the cards a little bit better, you'd probably be able to enjoy it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could be possibly one of the problems with Magic is that it's a little bit too complicated. Right. Um, there are complaints right now in the community where they feel the developers of Magic are making it a little too simple compared to how the game was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. And, and I can see those complaints because if you look at the way they're developing cards now, they've definitely what we call underpowering a lot of the cards. They're not as powerful as they used to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that lends itself to another problem. If we make the game too easy or too, I guess, accessible in a sense, where it just... I mean, it'd be good if if it's too easy to understand because then it could draw in more people, but then you're also going to push out a lot of the older and entrenched players into that too. Right. Yeah, um yeah, I can completely understand that. I was while you were saying that it kind of made me think relating it to music, it's really similar to when it's like you have that guitar player or yeah, we'll use a guitar player. Um you have that guitar player that you love and you're like, "Man, I want you to be successful that way you can keep making music and you can keep doing this." and that and all that stuff but then they start getting popular and you're like no 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 he's my guitar player i don't i don't want anybody else to know about him (laughs) um so it's kind of the same way with magic it's like you have this group clearly that are like no this is my card game it's super complex it's very deep there's twenty five thousand cards i know them all and they they want the game to stay like that kind of like this is my group this is my game it's my baby i want it to stay like this forever and of course magic uh, or wizards they're looking to the future and they're like no we have to keep the game moving forward we want to make it accessible to everybody so there's about ba- you know there has to be a balancing act somewhere where like you just said you're going to lose some of the really hardcore players unless they up the the difficulty or the complexity again but you're also going to lose those new players that are like i'm not going to take the time to learn this this is way too deep yeah and it i mean i'd love to be a fly on the wall when it comes to their you know development meetings and Mm -hmm. you know but i mean i have i don't understand how to develop a game i mean i'd like to think i do but i don't especially a card game i mean especially a game like magic where even though uh, the developers mainly focus on standard, which is just the past two years of cards that have come out, I mean, that's still got to be such a balancing act because you're talking about 800-plus cards they have to balance. Yeah. That, that's got to be crazy. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand how they do that. I'm sure they... Teams. You know, yeah. I'm sure when they first started off, it was... I mean, you probably know the story way better than I could even guess it, but I'm I'm guessing it was either a small group of friends that just developed this game, or who knows, maybe it was the brainchild of like one one person. Um, but I'm sure now it's like teams. Um, oh yeah, you take care of this one card, okay? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's similar to that, and you're right with um. Changing the subject a little bit, when it comes to when it comes to like audio mixing and all that, uh, you you showed me a blog uh, earlier today where it talked about you know uh, when you're starting out, you know, 
try to, I guess, get like a group of friends and get, get around people that, you know, will help you be better and then, or maybe get someone who's better than you and look up to them and see what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I sort of equate that to, I mean, it was sort of like any hobby. Like when I started this podcast, it, you know, I look to a lot of the more popular magic podcasters and see what they're doing. Um, you know, when it comes to audio editing or ed audio mixing, what are some things that, you know, maybe a beginner podcaster could look into to, you know, maybe help them out with audio editing? Do you have any, like, tips or tricks for that or anything like that? Um, that that blog you referenced, uh, by the way, is amazing. Amazing blog. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Tips. Uh, I would say when you are f when you're first starting off um, with with a podcast, um, don't be afraid, of course, to spend a little money. And when I say a little money, you know what, what's a little bit. You know that's that can mean something. That can mean five dollars to one person. That can mean a thousand dollars to someone else. You know. Um, so when I'm saying a little bit, I mean. I think you got started with um, like Audacity, which is a free program. Yep. And um, I think you bought a, um, I want to say like a $50 microphone. Like you did some research. I mean, there are $50 microphones that are horrible. And um, you found one that uh, ended up working very well for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think your total uh, startup cost was 50 bucks, basically. Um and so I think anyone that's wanting to start off, that's you have to have a, an okay microphone, um, which shouldn't cost you more than fifty to a hundred bucks. Um, you can use the free software uh, that I mentioned called Audacity. Um, and then on the audio production side of things, um, some post-production things that would help a lot of people. If you did just one thing, one thing. Um, open an EQ plugin. You can Google everything I'm about to say. There's tons of tons of information on this. Open an EQ plugin and put a high pass filter on it, and put that high pass filter up around a hundred. I know that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but go look it up. What you are basically doing is rolling off all that low-end rumble. So let's say you're in a bedroom um, or you're, you're recording in your living room and your air conditioner's on or, you know, the dog walks by and bumps into the table. You have all this low-end rumble, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, and... With this uh, high-pass filter, you basically you, you get rid of all that. And trust me, no one's going to miss it. Your podcast is going to sound infinitely better. And so that would be the first place I would start with. But as you're finding out, uh, sky's the limit. I mean, you can you can go in and EQ your vocal, uh, take some of the mids out, boost some of the highs. Um, then you can compress it to level out all the peaks, and then you can uh, you can um, limit it and get the volume up. And I mean, you can do lots and lots of stuff. Um, but good resources. Um, you can check out my website, which uh, I am I am gearing that toward beginner 
uh, audio production, which could easily be utilized by uh, anyone starting a podcast. And um, so feel free to check that out. It's LonelyNightsStudio.com. Drop me a line. Say hello. Um, there's another guy online called The Recording Revolution. Uh, he, he makes excellent stuff uh, for beginners. Very easy uh, to listen to. Like he's, He just explains things very concisely. Um, those, that would be my... Those are the first ones I can think of. I mean, you can easily... Uh, Google some stuff and find tons of information. The problem is there is a lot of bad information out there. Yep. Um, and I know uh, there's some uh, some beta stuff that's in the works right now with uh, a guy out of Nashville named Brian Hood, um, which he's gearing toward people in uh, doing podcasts. So hopefully that uh, he gets that worked out because I think for a lot of people that would be fantastic it's it's kind of this nice automatic process you upload your um your audio and um i don't know if you've mentioned this on your podcast yet but i know you've messed with it a little bit yeah i I don't know if he has an nda or anything like that i haven't really mentioned it but um or i haven't said the name of it or anything but it, it i have been using it i've been working with brian I've been emailing him at least a couple times a week mm-hmm. to let him know just any bugs that I find or if it's working. And, um, it's I'm pretty excited if, if this yeah. does come to fruition and gets out in a market. I'm definitely going to sign up for it because one, it just makes my post production job way easier. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, years of research uh, done in the click of a button. Pretty much. That's what the world needs. Yep. <laughs> They need to do that for music next. So, um, <laughs> so that was a really long answer, probably to a really simple question. But just to sum up, basically, you know, that high pass filter would help a lot because it gets rid of the low end rumble, and I think that's what you hear in a lot of uh, lower quality podcasts. And uh, a lot of people don't realize it's there, uh, but it is. Trust me. Yeah. Like I said, ever since you've turned me into an audio snob, it's. I, I, I can't. I can't not hear that stuff. Exactly. I mean, e- even there have been some episodes of mine where I may have screwed up the EQ or something, and I hear it. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how anyone's going to listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all it's all a learning process, and that's what I've come to find out. E- even doing this for a year, it's I'm still learning new stuff to do. You know, I mean, just even. I know, I know because you work with a lot of professional tools when you do your audio mixing and all that. When, But even with Audacity, for me personally, it's, I'm still finding new stuff you can do. And especially with all the plugins you can get, it's insane what you can do with just that one program. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there are a lot of amazing tools um, like Audacity and things that you can add to Audacity for free. I mean, it's, it really is amazing what you can find. Uh, on the internet, if if you're willing to put in the effort and the the research, um, there was another. There is another thing you you did mention that you you've done you know music and all that, but you know you know I should probably if I could get your permission, I should probably have the end theme song be my favorite song of yours. The 
Oh, that bluegrass song. I can never remember the name of it, but I love it. Oh, um, Cornflower Pine Cones? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm it's sure your audience would love to, to laugh at a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> so I have your permission to play the song then at the end? Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. I'm going to download it. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to find the link to it because I don't think I have the... Right, what's the name of the band? SOS? Uh, yeah, so I can, I, can send you, um, I can send you a copy of the track. All right. That would probably be, be easier awesome. than trying to, trying to dig it out of the internet. Yeah, and just so you guys know... This song that you're going to hear at the end of the episode, probably the best bluegrass song in the world. <laughs> best bluegrass song ever. Yeah. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. What were you going to say? Uh, just a little backstory on that actual song. Um, you guys might find interesting or not. Either way, you're going to hear me talk about it. I was, I was part of this group called SOS. And um, the whole goal, it was more of an experiment than anything. Every week we had to come up with an idea for a song. We had to record it. We had to mix it. We had to master it. We had to put it out on Sunday. No questions asked, even if it wasn't done, uh, which sounds a little crazy. But it was it was kind of an exercise in creativity. And the other challenge was um, we all lived in different places. I lived in Florida. Uh, in the Tampa area and um, some of the other guys lived in Orlando Um, I think one guy lived out in LA Uh, there was a guy over in in Europe Um, I mean we were just all over the place so it was it was a really interesting um, group to be a part of and uh, it kind of helped you it helped me progress uh, very fast Um, so long story short uh, I was sitting over at a friend's house, and I'm like, man, it would be really cool if we did a bluegrass song. And I just started playing like this bluegrass rhythm, and I started singing. And the first words I sang were the lyrics, the lyrics you're getting ready to hear. And uh, it just came out so just free-flowing. That's the kind of crap that I think about in my mind, just so you guys know. And uh, it, it's it's definitely a fun song. I was kind of making fun of uh, myself, in a sense, because I grew up in East Tennessee, and uh, we love whiskey and good times, <laughs> and um, so yeah, so kind kind of poking fun at ourselves, which is uh, what we do really well. So I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of the song at the end. I know. Um, like I said, I freaking loved it. I think I've even had my wife listen to it too, and she <laughs> found it pretty good. Um, no man but i just want to thank you for coming on i really appreciate it and um you know just bsing with me yeah absolutely um i mean this is this has been a lot of fun i mean it's always great to talk about uh audio of course but i mean i also find the whole magic community uh very interesting um i seriously don't know how you guys keep all the rules and all the cards and, and everything straight but it's it's very fascinating and i do enjoy it you know when when i do get to play well you know how i tell you that i never know anything about networking mm-hmm. it's similar with magic i don't really, really know what i'm doing right <laughs> i'm gonna play this card and tap these three is that is that legal Le- we're cool all right i'm win fantastic <laughs> yay no man um yeah pretty much 
but um do you have do you want to plug your studio again and twitter and all that um yeah absolutely i would love it if uh anybody wants to come by and uh chitty chat um you can look me up uh on twitter um at cory underscore lns i'm totally screwing this up because i've never had to tell anybody my twitter handle oh man Standby technical difficulties. Excuse me. Let me just look right here. Oh, it's Corey underscore LN Studio. Thank you so much. That is my Twitter handle. And you can find me on uh, Facebook. You can just look up Lonely Night, uh, Lonely Night Studio, or go to my website, LonelyNightStudio.com. Um, yeah, any audio questions? Uh, if anybody out there is starting a podcast or just wants to chit chat about audio, or magic, I can't teach you anything, but I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like I said, thanks again for coming on, and I guess I'll see you tomorrow at work. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good night, man. You too.
just by my shotgun when I put her down Whiskey is a question, correct me if I'm wrong Wasn't there a woman at the beginning of the song? 